0: Hey everybody, Josh in of World Alternative Media here, and we are joined once again by Kirk Elliott, PhD, who, by the way, is a double PhD. We've gone into things with, with him before. Very interesting man to listen to, author of 11 books, and you know, a world renowned speaker really on these subjects. So we're really happy to, by the way, have a link in the description with them over at KirkElliottPhD.com slash wham, where you can actually liquidate your IRA, 401k, 403b, checking, savings, brokerage account into actual physical gold and silver, if you please. You just have to go to that link and, and go to that sign up sheet, sign up for a call. You get a bunch of free special reports. And anyway, great to see you again, sir. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hopefully, it'll be a good one. And uh, I wanted to kind of get into some of the things that regard the New Year, because a new year, there's um, a lot of new things to talk about. And with that, I want to start off by saying Doug Casey believes that this will be the year of gold in 2023. And I agree, but I also think it'll be the year of the cashless society. Unfortunately, Uh, the Fed is set to premiere their digital uh, currency between January and July this year. Uh, Can you go into the dangers of a cashless society and how gold can fix this problem? Yeah. So, I mean, the whole cashless society
1: is through central bank digital currency is kind of it, it's it's taking on a whole new life. Right. So I believe as bad as 2022 was, it was almost Josh like it was just setting the table. Right. And now 2023 is when all the guests start to arrive. Right. So so if it were just the Fed, you know, that saying, oh, we're going to do a, a central bank digital currency, it's like, ah. Uh, you know, we, we might be able to escape that, but but it's like ninety percent of all the central banks globally. In fact, um, the you've got the BRICS nations, right? The Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Now they're adding Saudi Arabia and a consortium of other com- countries into it. What are they doing to actually dismantle the Western financial system, as we know, London-based, New York-based? Well, they're they're dangling this carrot out. And they're saying we're gonna back our central bank digital currency with gold right so so it's and 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 it's like man i i hate this right because and people say kirk why do you hate that you've always talked about currencies being backed by gold and how that's good right it's like Mm -hmm. yes unless it's a central bank digital currency because the the very basics the foundational issue of central bank digital currency it's has nothing to do to fix inflation it will not It's not going to do anything other than bring people control into the mix because it's programmable money. They know the source of all funds. They can shut you off from buying or selling, at because of your digital social profile that's being established every purchase you make. Right, so they'll know what political party you give to, what church you go to, who you donate to, what kind of food you buy, whether you've been vaxxed or not. Right, all of this builds into your digital social profile now. Imagine a world where if you step out of their narrative of what they want, it's like, well, boy, Josh, it's like you, you, we don't we don't like the political party you donate to. We don't we don't like the church you're giving to. We don't like this stuff. We're just going to shut you off from the ability to do that. Yeah. Right. So now you've got this this world that that's happening. And and what has the BRICS nations done? They've said we're going to back our central bank digital currency with gold. It's like using something good to entice people to get into something that's bad. Cause once they're in, they lose all of their financial freedom, right? They lose all privacy. And so, so they're using gold to entice people and what's that done? Like the Indian rupee, for example, is skyrocketing in value where other currencies are collapsing because they're printing money. Like there's no tomorrow as is the rupee, but they've got this, this backdrop. Now it's like, we're part of this bigger system, we're part of this BRICS nation system, and we are going to back our new currency that actually they're not telling people is going to eliminate all of your privacy, but we're backing it with gold, right? They're dangling this carrot out there. But this is the global economic war that we're faced with right now is, is the transition away from federal, you know, from central bank currency that's paper-based, which is private, into central bank digital currency that's centralized, that's actually digital.
0: And in a digital world, you lose all of your privacy. And I wanna add, you know, if we go back in time a little bit, um, when the United States was on a gold standard, We have to remember that they printed more IOUs than they had gold. And that led to the French government actually sending a battleship to New York Harbor back in the 1970s, demanding to repatriate their gold because they found out, hey, they didn't have the gold that they said they did, which led Nixon to put the um, US dollar on the fiat standard versus a gold standard, which now we see all these years later. Uh, Of course, Kissinger met with the Saudis and created the petrodollar alliance. Now we go full circle and we have Saudi Arabia essentially saying that they want to trade the trade their oil in the yuan potentially in the next few years likely under a BRICS world reserve currency system and you know the BRICS world reserve currency system looks so much like the special drawing rights of the IMF it's just it's a new block it's a new kids in town and with a cashless society teamed with an energy crisis supply chain crisis all this stuff they can basically just control how much energy you use food rations etc put you on this this digital standard and then ease just into this new currency, all it'll, all that will change in your bank account will be the name of the currency, which is, to me, a very dangerous thought going forward into this. And I wanted to get your thoughts on a recent FDIC meeting where we saw a bunch of bankers, because this applies to the Cash Society greatly, um, a bunch of bankers were talking about putting or bringing in bail-in regimes. Uh, in order to uh, essentially pay off their own debts, and of course, in in that same statement, they said, "We will keep the public in the dark about it. We don't want the public hearing about what we're talking about." I mean, w- we're at that point in history. Uh, Kirk, can you kind of go into um, your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So, so when we invest, right, especially not even investing. The money in our bank accounts, we expect that historically to be the safest asset that we have, right? It's, it's money that we've earned and we're just sit, putting it in there so we can write checks against it and it's safe. Well, it's not safe. And this is where we need to start transitioning in our mind what's real currency and what's not, right? This is where gold and silver to me are real currency because what is the money in your bank all about? It's not about safety anymore. People think that it is. But as of um, July of last year, the Federal Reserve changed the reserve requirement on banks to zero, mm-hmm. meaning they don't have to keep any money on hand. In fractional reserve banking, you do, you deposit hundred dollars into your checking account, and if the reserve requirement was ten, it meant that JPMorgan Chase or whoever you're with, right, would give ninety dollars. They would use ninety dollars of it. They only keep ten bucks on hand. This is fractional reserve banking under the assumption that nobody's going to come in and want all of their money all at the same time. Well, what about when it's zero? It's like, oh my word, there's a liquidity crisis in the banks. But don't worry, everybody. We've got FDIC insurance that covers you up to 250,000, right? This is people's, whew, this is safe, right? Well, not so much because what you just alluded to is, is a big deal. Is It's a really big deal, Josh. So the FDIC's Systemic Resolution Advisory Committee, or called SRAC, they held a meeting in November, um, right before the end of the year, to discuss how the next market crash, they're not saying if there's a market crash, they're saying the next market crash would occur and what steps need to be taken to ensure that not everybody tries pulling their money out of the financial system at the same time. Why do they have to talk about it? Because the reserve requirement is zero which they did in July of last year, right? Yeah. So so there's no money on hand. They can't afford to take have everybody take it out because the liquidity is not there. So what did they talk about? They talked about institutions will soon be able to figure out the dire implications of a financial collapse. The general public should not know about this though, because it would lead to unintended consequence. the The reality of FDIC insurance is this. There's $9 trillion of bank deposits out there, right? There's $9 trillion in the banking system. Guess how much of assets that they actually, FDIC actually has 125 billion. <laughs> so they're trying to ensure $9 trillion worth of assets with 125 billion. Uh, it, there, There's not enough, right? Yeah. There's simply not enough. So, the FDIC can't insure, cannot insure. It's impossible. It's mathematically impossible to ensure that everybody in a crisis gets their money back when they want to withdraw their money all at once. Right. So if this thing goes down in 2023, what do I expect will happen? Well, I think it's going to be the mother of all quantitative easing because there's easily $5 trillion on the balance sheet that need to be bailed out easily $5 trillion. It's like, this is going to cause an inflationary spiral that we have no idea what to do with. And the Fed is already raising rates to slow down inflation, right? This is why they're raising rates. It said, Jerome Powell, chairman of the Fed said, we got to kill inflation because it's the worst thing facing Americans right now. Americans can't really afford to even live. We got we to kill this inflation. It's like, wait a second, Powell. You're the one causing the inflation by printing money out of thin air. And then they're raising rates to slow down the creature that they designed, right? This is a problem. And yet, just, just at the end, last week of the year, we had the lame duck Congress pass a $1.7 trillion spending bill, mm-hmm. right? It's like, okay, this is what my issue with it. If we had $1.7 trillion laying around, well, I don't, I don't care then. It's like you're just appropriating the money that you already have. But they don't have it. Federal tax revenues are coming down, income tax revenues. Are, are coming down sales tax revenues are coming down property tax revenues are coming down because we're in the, the most sluggish economy we've ever seen literally in America. Mm-hmm. homeowners have lost 1.5 trillion dollars worth of equity since May alone so housing prices are coming down people aren't spending in the stock market's a function of revenue so if people don't spend stock prices are going to continue to come down right so so here's where they have a huge problem they keep printing money and the 1.7 trillion dollar spending bill since tax revenues are coming down and the money is not laying there how are they going to get it how in the world are they going to get it they have to print it which is going to accelerate the inflationary problem that we have and here's where politically I have an issue with this right it's like how in the world could a lame duck congress whose bunch of them are leaving in a week say hey Next Congress, this is the bill that we just passed that you have to live with, right? It's like, why not let the next Congress determine the spending bill? Because they're going to have to face the music for it, but that's not how it works, right? So this lame duck Congress passed 1.7 trillion. We don't have it. So we have to print it. Inflation's going to get worse. People can't afford to, they're they're faced with these horrible choices of should we should we buy groceries and feed our family or should we pay our rent? Or should we actually pay our utility bills and keep our house warm or cold? Or should we feed our family, right? These are the, the when America is living at the margin, this is where we are. And banks don't have the liquidity. And people are trying to pull their money out so they can just live if they even have any. And this is why the FDIC had to have a systemic resolution advisory committee meeting to determine, oh my word what do we do if too many people pull out and we only have 125 billion worth of assets covering not f- over 9 trillion of assets we've got a major problem on our hands right
0: right absolutely and and you know just to be clear to those watching um when we're talking about bail in regimes we're talking about them potentially just dumping out the money you've saved in your bank account, which is already getting attacked by inflation. So, you know, it's a major issue. And when we see the FDIC openly saying things like they're trying to keep the public uh, in in the dark about this, and they said they want to, you know, put people on social media in this meeting, they said they want to put people on social media to stop misinformation about what they're doing. By that, they're meaning that they're the ones spreading misinformation and they're calling what you're saying misinformation. So this is a very dangerous. dangerous road to tread down and all roads do lead to Roman. We know where they're going with this. Of course they have to put out the fire they created and it seems like they want to use kerosene. Um, Before we carry on, I uh, once again urge people to check that link below uh, Kirk Elliot, PhD.com slash wham, where you can actually, you know, potentially actually insure your money, you know, against what we're talking about today by getting physical gold and silver. It's enormously important in this period of time. This is a very historic economic period, and we should be prepared for what comes next. And you get a whole bunch of free special reports. So again, check that link in the description. Um, You know, moving on, central banks are buying record amounts of gold. Many are realizing they should probably follow suit. So how do you see gold and silver performing in 2023?
1: Well, I, so I, I see it exploding because it's a function of the reality of the world we're living, right? It's a flight for quality. But everything, every price that we see, I don't care if it's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, gold, or silver, it's all a function of supply and demand, economics 101. Well, in the silver world, you've got low supply, supply chain disruptions, there's not much available and, and very high demand. Now, with gold, you're talking about currencies that are wanting to back their currency with gold, right? So that's going to actually eliminate a lot of the supply. Prices are going to go through the roof. And almost indefinitely, as long as gold backs a currency, there's going to be built-in demand for it, right? Same thing with the U.S. dollar that we've seen. You know, when we had the petrodollar system, which is being dismantled before a very high- this is what caused us to be able to print, 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 print without discretion because there was built-in demand for our currency. Right. Same with gold. There's going to be built-in demand for gold as currencies start to back it with gold. Even the BRICS nation saying we're going to back our central bank digital currency with gold, right? So mm-hmm. so we've got this, this upward momentum in prices. And now, uh, different analysis in the mining industry, the economists have come out recently and said, hey, this is our projection for the miners over the next two years. Because miners don't want to to mine gold or silver if they expect the price to come down because they're going to lose money when they're mining it at expensive times today and they're expecting the price to go down, right? So they wouldn't mine. So what did those economists say? Over the next 24 months, two years from now, they expect silver to be at $74.33 an ounce. The beginning of next year in 2024, January, they expect silver to be at $53 an ounce. That's doubling this year, and then going up another 50% the year after, but to $75. These numbers are much in alignment with what I've been saying for a year, saying I think we're gonna hit see silver hit $75 to $100 an ounce over the next year to year and a half because of the low supply, the supply chain disruptions, the manufacturing demand. See, Josh, here's where we are globally. Worst economy that we've seen in at least 40 years, right? very sluggish, people aren't buying, and yet silver is used in every form of electronics, right? right. So even in a sluggish economy, 60% of all the silver produced goes to manufacturing. Yeah. There's still demand. Imagine if we had a robust economy, if we had a president that actually encouraged job growth, reduced interest rates and reduced taxes and started growing the economy, what that would do. But even without that, we've got the sky high demand for silver and very little supply. And when you have low supply and high demand supply chain disruptions, prices go through the roof. So here's where we as investors, it's like we have choices, right? We could go into the stock market, well, good grief. NASDAQ was down 33% last year, S&P 500 down like 20%. Silver from January to December 31st was up 7%. I don't, but while the other ones are down 33%, right? So it's like, well, good grief. NASDAQ down 33%, silver up seven. That's a 40% difference, right? Total. It's like if you had a $100,000 investment, do the math. Would you rather lose 33,000 or would you rather gain seven? But that doesn't tell the full story. The full story is told in the more immediate trends, like over the not, not, I'm not talking a week. That's not a trend. That's just a week, right? Mm-hmm. But since September, the last quarter of the year, silver, is up 37% since September, right? So, and that's a function of the political trends, the the legislative actions, the inflationary pressures, the rising interest rate cycle, the political, these are the economic consequences of political actions that we are seeing that are causing gold and silver to absolutely soar and accelerate that growth trend. And this is where we, as wise and prudent investors who wanna buy low and sell high, Can look at that and say all right even though everything's kind of falling apart our investments don't need to because there are options for us to actually thrive even given this this horrible um, government system the the administrative laws that we're seeing the changes in libor that are coming in june the change to a central bank digital currency the loss of freedoms the inflationary pressures Man, it's enough to want somebody to put their head in the sand and forget about it and just say, okay, like an ostrich, I'll I'll think about it when the storm's over. No, if you do nothing, you will sink with the ship, guaranteed. You have to change and do something. And this is where tangible assets in an inflationary world do so, so well, Josh.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I wanted to kind of get into an issue that a lot of people for many years have misunderstood because for so many decades you hear mostly parents and grandparents say you have to save your money, put your money under your mattress. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this because I wanted you to kind of go into the difference between saving money with fiat and insuring money with gold and silver, especially when we face inflation and all these different things. It, it's it's pretty obvious at this point in time we're in a different period. If you throw a bunch of you know fiat currency under your mattress, you're only losing money.
1: Yeah. So so even with official number, official inflation seven point one percent. Unofficially, you know, because they changed. President Clinton changed the way that they measured inflation back in 1996. So when you take about all those metrics and those analytics, inflation today unofficially, but the true inflation is around 24%. So here's the reality. Put a hundred bucks under your your pillow. I'm just going to save it for a rainy day. At 24% inflation and cash getting you 0%, you lose 24% in a year. It only buys you... 76 cents worth of stuff a year from now, right? You keep that under the pillow for two years. Well, now you're at about 50 cents. It's like, man, I've got this dollar though, but I only get 50 cents worth of stuff. Yeah, that's the erosion, the hidden tax that inflation is. So the only way to overcome inflation is to actually have your money work for you and outpace the inflation rate, right? I'm not talking about outpacing the official inflation rate, which is seven point one percent, because the true inflation rate is 24 percent. So really, you have to have something that outpaces that if you're going to win in the long run, right? So, so I looked at some numbers, right? So, so you know, and when a three months doesn't make a trend either, right? Which is what silver's done over the last three months has been thirty seven percent. So I look back a few years. Two and a half years ago, silver was $11.91 an ounce. Today, it's over 24. That's up 98% in three years, we're, we're or two and a half years. We're averaging 38% a year growth over the last two and a half years. Is that outpacing even the unofficial inflation rate of 24%? Yes, right? So this is how you can navigate through an inflationary crisis. Don't, the old narrative where put it under the pillow, right and and just save it for a rainy day that would work if we had 0% inflation doesn't work if we have inflation because the value of what you are saving keeps eroding year after year after year with the hidden tax of inflation mm-hmm.
0: absolutely and, and you know one of the number one ways that people will um become compliant and be controlled is via the banking system and i urge people to really consider no matter how many people people will tell me, oh, I, I, I'm i stocked up on guns, I got all this stuff, I got food, I got... Okay, but if you're, all of your money is going through the banks and we're going into a scenario where we have a cashless system, then it doesn't really matter if you have all this other stuff. It's good to have all that other stuff, but it doesn't really matter versus the fact that if you're dependent on being able to go to the store and buy things, or if you're dependent on being able to pay your rent with your money and, and all of it's going through the banking system, you could be in serious trouble going forward. And I wanted you to kind of just go into um, getting people out of the banking system and into physical gold and silver as much as they, as they can, as much as it is realistic for that person. Uh, and of course, the services you offer over at KirkElliottPhD.com, which again, if you add slash wham to that, you can find that link in the description and get um, a bunch of offers through there. But can you kind of go into that?
1: Yeah. So the process is really easy and, and way easier than people think. So the mechanics are we are getting out of the system kind of, we're going into something that's tangible, that's real, that somebody would take delivery of. You're not a digit. You're not part of a central bank digital currency. It's something that's real that in a worst case scenario, you could use for barter, but I'm not talking about worst case scenario, right? Yeah. That if you have it, well, yeah, that's great. You'll have it for that, right? But but what we're talking about is the investment returns right now. So the process is really easy. If you have just money in a bank account, brokerage account, we send you wiring instructions, you wired the funds over, we ship you the metals. One ounce rounds of silver, 10 ounce bars, 100 ounce bars, 1,000 ounce bars, right? It's something real that somebody needs to take delivery of. Now, let's say you didn't want it at home. It's like, okay, we'll set up a depository account for you at the Comex Depository in Wilmington, Delaware. That's where I store all of mine because it's safe there. It's like, it's a big, huge vault, right? But everybody's different. There's not a right or wrong answer. It's like, where do you feel most comfortable having it? The key is just to get in. Now, the other option is if you have an IRA, right? You can still own physical metals in the IRA, just like you would a stock bond or a mutual fund. Those have to be stored because if you took it at home, it's a distribution out of your IRA that becomes a taxable event. So that mechanics is simple. So email you an IRA application, 15 minute e-sign document. You open up the new bucket, transfer the funds in, boom. You're allocated into tangible physical assets, right? Because I give you a call when the funds arrive. We confirm the allocation and we move forward from there. So whether you have IRA or non-IRA assets, the process is really simple. It's fill out the form kirkelliotphd.com forward slash wham, and we'll get you on our calendar, just simply give us a call, and and say that Josh sent you, right? And so so, but we the process is simple. The key is. Don't let fear grip you into and and paralyze you into inaction, right? Because most of the people that call me are just gripped with fear and you can hear it in their voice. It's like, I don't know what to do. My, my, my retirement plan is eroding. I'm scared. The policies of the government, we can't win, blah, blah, blah. It's like, we can. So just take that step. Give us a call because look stock market down 33% last year, right? Silver up silver's up just 37% in the last three months get out of something that's coming down as soon as you can, get into something that's going up as soon as you can. That's one of the rules for building wealth and successful you know, investing. And I don't care whether it's gold or silver stocks or bonds or, or mutual funds, whatever it is, there's different times and different places for everything. But the policies that we're seeing right now coming out of DC with rising interest rates, rising inflation, Rising taxes and eliminating jobs, not creating jobs, causes us to look towards gold and silver. If we had lowering taxes, lowering inflation and job creation, like we did during the Trump years or the Reagan years, it's like we want to be in the stock market at that point, right? But we're not there right now. The policies coming out of D.C. dictate what a safe investment is, and right now that happens to be an inflationary hedge asset like gold and silver.
0: Absolutely. I've been telling people for a while, like, look, this is one of the most important times in history for people as individuals to be responsible over their wealth. Okay, you're awake, you're aware of what's going on the next step is actually doing something about it. A lot of people like to be mad about what's going on and not enough people want to take, you know, opportunities into their hands to, you know, go after those solutions. And and there are solutions out there. There's an abundance of solutions. And when we're facing down the potential collapse of the dollar, the move into a new world reserve currency system, which is obviously the first time in any of our lifetimes that we're going to see something like this of this magnitude, it is extremely important to understand the value of the currency that you're holding, the savings in your bank You count the savings under your mattress is going to go down in value dramatically. Whereas if you zoom out, it's not about you know week to week week or month to month, it's when you zoom out and you look at gold and silver over the years, over the centuries, over the millennia, you will see that it has insured wealth. If you go back, you know, 200 years ago to today, that gold and silver has preserved the wealth of that day while inflation, I mean, we're seeing if you were looking at the value of the dollar in 1913 at its inception versus today, it's like 96, 97% down. Um, And if we're looking at, you know, the non-official number, it's even more than that. Look at countries like Venezuela, look at countries like Argentina, look at countries like Zimbabwe, and look at the people who had gold and silver and how much they prevailed versus, the average person who is scrounging on the streets for food. It doesn't have to be that way. There are solutions. So, again, I urge everyone to check that link in the description, slash wham. You get a whole bunch of free special reports. Fill out that. Um, that that uh, schedule uh, and make sure to get your call in soon and don't wait until it's too late. Every day is basically a, a coin flip. So I urge people in these very uncertain times to be certain about your wealth going forward. Anyways, I really appreciate you joining us today, uh, Kirk. And I'm looking forward to having you on again soon. Very insightful and always a lot to go into and never enough time. So I appreciate it and uh, hope to talk to you uh, with you again sometime soon. We'll see you soon, Josh. And again, Happy New Year. Happy New Year.
1: I'm sure you have already changed people's minds in your young age because you're involved. And I like that.